0: Let's welcome in Patrick Johnson from the Vancouver Sun in the province to talk a little Canucks, uh, Vancouver, with another win last night, uh, 3-2 in Carolina. And uh, Patrick, I guess you couldn't ask for a, a better start than the newly acquired uh, Elias Lindholm with a couple of goals.
1: Yeah, yeah, perfect night for uh, the two guys that got traded for each other. I yeah. of course, scoring for the Flames as well. But, uh, yeah, I Listen, Elias Lindholm, I think it was it was kind of amazing just looking at his numbers. You know, Obviously, we've seen him play a little bit because the Canucks from the Flames have played a few times this year. But to, to look just simply at his numbers and see how snake bit even. And this is a guy who shot 12% twelve mm-hmm. over his career and was way below that this season. So, I, you know, without having watched. So a lot of his Flames games, you're just like, just by the numbers this guy would do and uh, he certainly made it worthwhile uh, for his uh, debut with the Canucks.
0: And his goals last night were very similar, but kind of different, I guess?
1: Well, this is the thing. This is one of the things the Canucks,
0: uh, and I wrote about this earlier this season, but the Canucks,
1: it's a thing they do. they, They are very adept at that sort of... Floated point shot—the shot that's very tippable. You look back to last year, you know, and, and this this stretches beyond just Rick Tockett's coaching staff. Like this was something that's going on with Bruce Grigo. It was something that Travis Green tried to do when he was still coaching with Canucks. That emphasis on getting that point shot through—it's not necessarily a hard shot, but a shot that gets through that you can that you can redirect. And, you know, Bo Horvat, when he was here last year, was very good. Andre Kuzmenko last year had 14 goals off tips. Mm-hmm. It was something they really worked at. And, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, whether whether that sustains itself, you know, whether Lindholm has this particular knack for it, we'll see, I guess. But uh, but definitely, you know, you put the guy in front of the net, that's what you're looking for him to do, and, and it paid off.
0: Is that the – they wanted this net front presence on the power play kind of thing right off the hop there just to kind of get him involved? Or what do, what do you see there? I
1: think – well, you know, right shot. You know, there's a few things they've been looking at. Um, Brock Besser's played there a bit in front. Uh, you know, JT Miller's played there a bit, but they haven't really had a set guy. They seen a suitor there for a little while. Um, they're looking to create a few different looks, obviously, that they can throw at opposing penalty kills. Um, so, but, but but putting Besser on the, on the left side, which is a a place on the power play, he had had a lot of success early in his career. And then you know, as they added, you know, JT Miller. What, well, five years ago now, but you know as things have evolved, he hasn't played there as mm-hmm. much, but I, there's been a feeling, I think, this season, we saw it a bit early on, that if they can get Besser back in that spot more consistently, get him firing off the wing one-timers, that wrist shot that I think everyone knows he has, it, it's such a weapon, and they can put Miller in the bumper there in the middle. It, it, I, that's clearly the thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Whether it sustains itself will be interesting to see. I mean, when Kuzmenko was here, uh, at least to start the season, there was this notion that Besser, Miller, and Kuzmenko would kind of rotate through the, the front of the net from the bumper on the left-hand side, with with Sir Hughes and and Patterson working up high and and then out wide on the right. Um, so so whether that you know maybe they'll just keep doing that, we'll see. But but obviously, yeah, I mean the idea of getting a guy in front of the net that that can be a reliable uh, uh, tipper of pucks from the point. Um, you know, Kuzmenko filled that role last year very well. Uh hadn't been able to get that off this year. He only had two rules on tips. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely something to watch for sure.
0: Patrick Johnson, Vancouver Sun in the province, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So uh, riddle me this, Patrick. Just, let's just say things go swimmingly well for Lindholm and the Canucks for the next couple yeah. of weeks. How Can Patrick Alvin go, you know what, huh? You know, can we look at something as far as an extension goes, or does he have to worry about Elias Petterson first? I think
1: they're going to take this one carefully. Certainly um, they haven't committed themselves to anything when they traded for them last week, you know, both, Jim Rutherford, you know, went on a bit of media tour, and then, and then we spoke with, with Alvin as well, and both of them were hopeful. They said, listen, yeah, this is a player we'd love to extend, but also they said, we are also ready to accept that this is just a rental. So I, I think they know that that the, the likely story is that is that Lindholm probably doesn't stick around because of where their budget is at, uh, because of the situation with Pedersen, but at the same time you know, it may come to that once the season's over, Pedersen says, no, I don't want to extend um and then they're sitting there going okay well i guess we're going to shift our budget over to this guy he is a few years older than Pedersen, obviously you know and they've already committed themselves to jt miller a player who's gonna be aging you know through a long contract in his 30s i'm not sure how keen they are to do that um they do have a strong sense of 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 you know the importance of having some Mm -hmm. younger players in the lineup um obviously the Pedersen, if, if, you know, let's just say what if, if they do have to move on from him, it would be very interesting to see what they would try to chase to get in return. Cause obviously, you know, similar to the Kachuk story, you know, this is one of the top players in the league, a player with tons of value who's still in his mid twenties. Um, and, and, you know, this is not the kind of trade necessarily we've seen before. A lot of times when you trade a star player, they're older, you don't get really the value you think you're going to get. But when he's in his mid twenties, I think that's a different different stories so you know the, the hypothetical certainly is interesting i think for now it's just focusing on let's try to build as strong a team as we can get you know i think they're going to probably add it try to add a depth defenseman um obviously there was all the chat about chris tana but i don't know if that's necessarily going to happen but but finding a player of that type that they can have in the mix that's always been the, that's been rutherford's trend that's what he always did in in uh, pittsburgh was make sure he had some depth guys added i mean they didn't play a lot um, and then maybe try to find another, you know, depth forward, whether it's a Frank Vitrano type, something like that. I, I think they're going to try to make something else happen here. But in terms of contract, I think they're going to play it play it pretty carefully from here.
0: You know, out of every team in the West, the Canucks are the only one, uh, Patrick, as you know, that haven't had a little bit of a stumble, just a little bit. You know, Vegas <laughs> had one at the start. The Oilers yeah. bad. Yeah. Can you put your finger on why they haven't uh, had that little stumble?
1: Only team in the NHL has, has yet to lose three games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's 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 the sort of the luck story. It's that PDO story that everyone's talking about, the fact that their, their shooting percentage has been so sky-high all season. Um, they've been getting great goaltending. They haven't really had any stumbles in net. Like last year, that was a big part of the story under Bruce Boudreau was I mean, obviously, defensively, they were atrocious. But even then, Thatcher Demko struggled mightily. Um, Demko's been fantastic. His backup, Casey Desmith, has been fantastic. So, defensively and defensively overall, they're just much stronger. So, they're a better team. From that standpoint the sort of foundation of their game is 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 much improved um yeah and the consistency they've been able to find goals i mean there is a luck element obviously involved when you're mm-hmm. shooting 12 whatever percent they are at even strength um which is way outside the norm uh, I, there is an element to it i was talking you know, i've been talking to a few people about this and we're, you know, you're always cautious to say this team is doing something new and different but there is an element to how they play which is that They really are focused in on only getting those prime-time scoring opportunities, the ones from in tight, the ones from in the slot. They really are cautious, especially on the rush, not to fire pucks off the wing. Um, They often tend to carry the puck behind the net, try to set up that low-to-high pass. Um, Like I said, the only times they really get shots from the outside are are those point shots that that they really think are going to be able to tip. Um, they're, They're very... Very, they certainly play efficient. Um, Whether that's a sustainable way to play, I guess we'll see. But, but yeah, to to date, the reason why they haven't been losing is because they've been keeping pucks out of the net and they've been finding ways mm-hmm. to put them in. It's really a pretty simple <laughs> equation, there, isn't it?
0: If you can find that formula and run with it, you're going to win a lot of games and you're going to win Stanley yeah. Cups. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you look yeah. at the Oilers, just look at the Oilers and the yeah. run they've just been on. I mean, it's the same kind of thing, right? Like, in great goaltending. They seem to have figured out the defensive game, and obviously they're they're uh, they're. they're Bear in the puck when they get the chance
0: yeah, speaking of that Patrick I love Rick Talkett saying I don't want the Oilers to break that record you know <laughs> I thought that was fabulous
1: yeah yeah oh yeah no I mean Rick's um, Rick's a really interesting guy we're really I mean media selfishly you know media here we're very fortunate to have him He's, he is always happy to talk he loves talking hockey um, explaining things. You know, if he brings something up, there's a, a sort of a technical thing that he's talking about. He's trying to get players to do. He's, he is ready and willing to explain what it is. Um, you know people pay attention we sometimes get these 10 12 minute scrums with him and then sometimes when the you know mm-hmm. it's it breaks up he still will stick around for yeah. five10 minutes talking about ideas talking about things like he just absolutely loves the game um, he's passionate about the history of the game yeah it, it, it was it was I, I chuckled a bit when he said that about about the Oilers because he mm-hmm. actually had said to me a couple weeks ago when I, I had a little one-on-one with him um, you know I asked him about the 87 Canada Cup. my old colleague Ed Willis had, had mentioned yeah. you know that that he had been such a good source from when Ed wrote the book about that about that series and um and you know, I asked Rick a little bit about it and, and he just talked about everything. He was a young player, you know, had mostly been kind of a hard hard edge, tough guy. Um, and, and Mike Keenan brought him in as much as anything to kind of just see what the stars were doing. And, uh, you know, Rick talked so important, you know, about the impact of seeing Mike Gretzky up close, of seeing Mark Messier up close, of seeing all the Paul Coffey, all, the, all those guys. Um, and it, at the same time, he said, you know, I don't like talking about the old days with these guys. I don't want to go say, hey, you know, this guy did that and this guy did that. And on and on and on. He he really he really doesn't want to sort of make comparisons. He wants his players to have confidence in themselves and a, have an understanding of themselves. So you know, th- there's not a ten- tendency from him to 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 reflect back too far. Um, but yeah, you could see the pride of, of that team. Yeah. He loves that team. You know, I've asked about playing Mario before, and he, you know, he's always just laughing about it because it's uh, such a <laughs> such a wild center to have. Uh, yeah, uh, he he will he will probably rest extra easy last night. Knowing, you know, once he saw that the oilish uh, streak was over.
0: So Patrick, you're saying you don't want torts back for another run in Van. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, thank you. Absolutely. No, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I, the, the tourist I, mean, I, I, w- I was sort of on the edge of that. I wasn't covering the team uh, directly in those days. But, yeah, that uh, that, that, was not an experience uh, that uh, I think any any reporter would want to have again.
0: Uh, Patrick Johnson, Vancouver's son and Province, uh, with us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, Patrick, can you draw a parallel to Quinn Hughes in what you're talking about? You know, the fact that the the Canucks haven't had this stumble yet, and neither is Quinn Hughes. Is there a parallel there? Yes, absolutely.
1: Um, I I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but just Mm -hmm. the mission that Hughes came into this season on, wanting to be. Uh, you know, as good as kale McCarr, that that guy who just can command the game when he steps on the ice and he hasn 't been that you 're absolutely right and, you know' some of the story, and you know, it 's too bad I was I was good already to kind of throw throw Laddie some check love here um,
0: <laughs> uh.
1: you know that, but, but you know Phil pronick has been the perfect partner for him mm-hmm. you know a guy that 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 is smart with the puck and handle the puck. and and you know in all this you know that he's got he 's got thirty six points himself it's the, the Canucks have a hundred. I've gotten 100 points from this partnership. Um, you know, the second pair connects to teammates all time on defense to uh, combine for 100 points, and it's just game 50. Like these guys are have been absolutely fantastic. Hughes obviously is the driving. Force of this story, but but you know, philip Hronek has been a really handy player. He's having a great season. You know, you you, you asked the Lindholm extension. I mean, there's a guy that's going to be getting paid this summer too. Everything he's playing, he actually if you actually look at average minutes, Hronek is slightly ahead of Hughes, uh, partly because Hughes obviously plays so much time on the power play, so they tend to give him a bit of a rest at five on five, and and so Hronek kind of benefits from that. um but, but it's just been such a remarkable season. I remember saying very early on <clears throat> with Quinn Hughes saying, listen, I'm not even sure he's a defenseman. This guy is so electric. He's so uh, impressive in terms of his ability to, um, like I said, command the play. He's a point guard. You know, he t- he wants the puck on his stick. He wants to play at the offensive end. He, he doesn't have to play defense a lot because he's just so – so good at, at retaining possession. He's, he's really become adept as well as just you know he's not a big guy. He's not going to check you off mm-hmm. the puck, but he's going to just take the puck away from you because he's such a great skater. It's just been such a fabul- fabulous season and one of those ones where you know as a as a as a reporter you feel blessed to be able to watch something like that. I mean we're we're talking we're making comparisons with or all the yeah. lists now basically have him and or and coffee. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's absolutely incredible what he's putting up this year. Well, it,
0: just a phenomenal season, uh, Patrick johnson from the uh, vancouver sun in the province uh, with us on sports 1440 one of your more recent articles in the province was about uh the arizona coyotes what's going on there and marty yeah. walsh uh this is just uh i mean you kind of go is it ever going to get resolved
1: oh my goodness i mean like i noted in the story listen and, and everyone says it like arizona should work like there is a reason there's lots of reasons there you know there's mm-hmm. there's an affluent population uh, it's a big. There's a you know a lot of people live there. People looking to do stuff, um, and yet you know from the get go they made bad choices, right? Like they were in Glendale. They were in you know they were originally playing in the where the Suns play, um, but arena that wasn't really very well set up for hockey. You know they go out to Glendale, which you know the comparison here would be is just playing you know sort of an edge of the suburbs that's really hard to get to um and and so no one would get there the players all lived on the other side of the valley like it just the setup was terrible and then and then ended up having uh, just owner after owner after owner no one really you know the fact that they've been so they've struggled so often to find someone you know other than Jim Balsley, right who mm-hmm. who really kind of seemed to have the passion for it just people are kind of like yeah I think I can make that work and and you know that to me just so consistently has said the story there that that there's that other than Gary Batman you know there there hasn't been a whole lot of belief in that team and and you know I mean a few local fans and reporters like Craig Morgan who do their best you know that that, that it should work but you know we're here you know 5 years ago when when Alex Murillo was brought in like you know the, the Gary Bettman said well we we know that Glendale isn't sustainable this guy's going to get it done and we're 5 years down the track and yeah. you know obviously the Tempe plan fell apart there's noise about some other idea maybe they could do this but like you just do the timeline on it and we're you know Marty Watson said it said okay well what does a piece of land mean okay well that could be 10 years from now like yeah. what are we even doing here and um it's it's terrible for the players um, you know, no one wants to play. No one wants to play in, in a in, a, in a, a you know. It's a it's a neat atmosphere, but that's not a professional no. atmosphere. Yeah. You know, like there's a reason why you get a new arena, and you know if 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 they can't figure that out, it's it's time to move on. Like there's somebody in Salt Lake City who's ready to go. but like, let's find. You know, tell me mm-hmm. why you shouldn't go there. I mean, that's what I took from Marty Walsh. Was he's like he's like I said, I haven't seen the data, but really he's saying explain to me why we shouldn't go to salt lake city you know at this point that's i think where the question's at and um you know if i'm if if' if i'm uh if i you know i, I think that's you know it's unfortunate for coyotes fans but that's the reality is that 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 this this league needs to is a is a thing that continues to baffle me that that The elite that wants to be taken seriously keeps Mm -hmm. doing this. It just doesn't make any sense to
0: me. You know, every time you see this, you know, they're going to have a new location. I always think of that uh, scene from the movie uh, Casino, Patrick, where Pesci and De Niro are meeting in the desert, you know, and this is where they're going to build something. And I'm going, come on, just stop it already.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the irony of course because you know that they were right. Yeah. You know, but oh, well. but you're yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the, the the vision certainly the original idea, you know, you go back to when the Jets moved there in ninety was it, ninety six mm-hmm. um you know, you can you can serve sort of, you, you, you can go back and you go, Okay, I get it, right? Like but but it hasn't worked. No. And it's a bit like, you know, the, the idea of let's go back to Atlanta. Well, you've tried twice. Like, why? What makes you think the third time is going to be any different? You know, I've been to Salt Lake City. Obviously, the the, the Ring, you know, the Connection played a couple of exhibition games there um, over the past few years. And, and the current building is meant for basketball and is not a great setup for hockey. But, you know, I talked to a few people who, who live there, people who know the area well. And Ryan Smith, who's a big tech guy, really is. Really did make the money. He's got you know. This is a guy who knows what he's doing. um You know, he, I think there's a notion that maybe he'll build a new arena. There's a sort of bunch of new developing area outside of downtown, but, but, but you know, a guy that's got some money, he's got a passion for it. He can see why he'd want to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was interesting, Frank Cervelli's report yesterday with the Daily Faceoff, noting that maybe, just maybe the Suns would buy the Coyotes and move them in, serve into in-house, but...
0: you know, um, Yeah, and Frank updated that this morning too, uh, Patrick, saying that uh, Suns owner, uh, Matt Schmia is not pursuing the Oh, goats. well, there you go.
1: So never mind, so, yeah. move on, right? Like, you I know, mean, I, it was an interesting notion, but I just, you know, it's a bit like you look at in, in Houston, you know, like the chatter there. I mean, I, I haven't checked in on that while but for for a yeah. while was it basically the Rockets were in interested in owning the team. They'd be happy to have the team as a tenant, but but who wants to be a tenant for another owner, right? Yeah. Like that's the that's the reality. So you know, it it the, the the it lines up too well, um, you know, Ryan Smith I think Perhaps that you know that announcement the other day, when, which obviously you know I think everyone was skeptical to see the timing on it when given the Hockey Canada news. But nonetheless, here's an owner that I think says, "Listen, why am I not in? What are we even talking about here? Mm-hmm. We know, you know, I mentioned Balsillie before. You know, Bettman did not like his approach." I think he's a little more intrigued by Ryan Smith in, in Salt Lake than than perhaps he was with Balsillie and Hamilton. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. I, I it just I, it's hard to see, you know, unless there is some incredible change in the Coyotes' story. It is really hard to see how how this can carry on.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, hey, Patrick, thanks for your time this morning. And uh, well, it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, a race. Not necessarily the two teams behind the Canucks trying to catch yeah. them, but maybe if the Oilers and, and Vegas can continue the way they're playing, it's going to be a, a heck of a division down the stretch here.
1: What a, I mean, if those two play in the playoffs, what oh. a series that'll be. Right? That'll, that'll Just, be absolutely dynamite stuff. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot for this, Patrick. Appreciate your time.
1: Always a pleasure, Kevin. Take care.